Welcome to this week's edition of Coach Prep. Coach Prep is part of the Everything Fast Pitch podcast series. Uh, It's our chance to spend some time taking a deep dive into coaching-specific things for our fast pitch uh, family. Uh, Coach Don and I are here in the Cherokee Batting Range podcast studio this morning, and our topic this week is going to pick up with where we left off last week. So quick review, last week we talked about uh, the uh, phenomenon of coaching hitters during the game. And, and what we're doing on game day and uh, uh, you know the overwhelming amount of information that I think some of our players are being subject to, subjected to every time they walk up to the plate. And the, the thing that I've challenged everybody to do now is to spend a second or two at the next game that you're at and just uh, pay attention to the things that you're hearing and seeing uh, and the amount of information that's being thrown at players uh, as they're walking up to home plate in between at bats, after at bats, and see if it's something that uh, um, strikes you as it uh, would be positive or negative or helpful or harmful. Uh, my philosophy is really simple. I think it's harmful. I think it does way more damage than good. You know, Coach Don and I had a pretty good discussion last uh, last week about it. Uh, the one thing that I kept thinking about after we got done was this old saying about if I hear it, I forget it. If I see it, I remember it. If I do it, I learn it. Sure. And so that kind of you know, drove the point home that uh, the idea that we're going to uh, get the result we want from a player by telling them to do something is probably faulty. Um, and especially when we're asking them to do a lot of different things on command, on the fly, in an already pressure-packed situation. They're already nervous enough or, or uh, uh, amped up enough because it's game day and they get a chance to hit. Um, so then when we add all these other layers of uh, distraction and information and everything else on top of it, sometimes um, I think it can be overwhelming and I think uh, leads me to my position that uh, um, all that stuff is is more damaging than it is helpful. Well, I think, Tori, too, that everybody's, everybody's intentions are good. And I think that the conversations just bring into light that all of these pieces, everybody trying to do good all at once for that last minute uh, pep talk whatever you might want to call it but uh you know all of it all at once is definitely a negative right uh, well and the the example we used about your picture an accountant uh just picked up a whatever you know tax form yeah and from the time he picks it up off his desk to the time he starts uh typing or writing or whatever it would be on on that uh, form that everybody else in the office is like barking commands at him and barking reminders and telling him things to do how how challenging it would be to do something that I'm sure that accountant's probably done a thousand times, right? And done well, done successfully a thousand times. But now on uh, attempt number one thousand and one, we're going to you know don't forget about that deduction. Don't forget about that uh, itemized thing. Don't forget to remember to carry the two and, and divide by seven. And we don't forget about the new tax law. And don't forget rules, about yeah. And and so you know I think if we start to think about it in the real world the analogy is pretty clear cut. And then we start to think about, well, here's my 10-year-old walking up to the plate. And while she's walking up to the plate, I remind her to get her front foot down, keep her hands still, keep her head still, you know, focus on the ball, you know, watch it all the way in, you know, eyes on the ball till it makes contact, all those kinds of things. Totally agree. It's pretty overwhelming. And then, of course, as you mentioned, all the but yeah, (laughs) as you mentioned, all the well-intended people. You know, it's not just you trying to help your daughter be successful. It's her coaches, it's her teammates, um, it's other parents in the stands, it's everybody. And so, before you know it, uh, like I said, if you just sit and listen for a second, you're going to be shocked at how much 
So I think coaching is going on. And I think coaching is for the coaches, right? To me. And if I have been working with uh, a player on a particular piece of their game or whether it's the whole team or whether it's just their particular swing, um, for me to give them a, a piece, you know, hey, keep that front side in. You know, it helps remind them of what we worked on in practice right. and so forth. But to add on all those other pieces, I think, is going to be, you know, overwhelming and, and distracting and uh, counterproductive for sure. But I don't right. think that it's tough for, or, or bad, in my opinion, for a coach just to give a piece. Yeah. Well, and Not I think a laundry a, list. Yeah. I yeah. think a, a reminder of something that you're yeah. already training, working on and something you're already training on. That's a whole lot different than that laundry list of I corrections. I agree completely. Um, and and I, I, I'm still skeptical that it has Any much, value. much yeah. positive influence because the whole idea that, uh, you know, what I hear, I forget. I think, you know, especially in that kind of a situation, um, it, it probably rings true. Um, but if it's going to happen at all, I think you're right. It should be from the coach who's in the trenches working yeah. with that player on that specific thing. Yes. Um, and and I think as that player gets older, I think the amount of that uh, that's happening should get lesser and you know, less and less. Absolutely. Um, and so, um, you know, I think there's uh, there's some value in encouragement. There's some value in positivity. You know, there's nothing wrong with you standing in the third base bat- batter's box. You know, come on, Don. You know, you know, stay aggressive. Come on, Don. Rip yep. the cover off this ball, Don. You're seeing it great. Go ahead and you know and and get your hacks. Absolutely. Um, but if uh, if you're walking up to the plate and I'm reminding you what to do with your foot, what to do with your elbow, what to do with your head, what to do with your hands, what to do with your whatever else it is that might be a problem, I think we're so far off the trail that we got no and, chance. And if mom and dad are saying something and somebody else's parents are yeah. saying something. And, and, and yeah. the, the most important thing we talked about you know, in, con- in connection with that is if you're the one giving that laundry list of suggestions, if she gets a hit, it's not because you reminded her. <laughs> Right, you're, it's, you're 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 not the uh, magic potion, um, and, and again, you know the pot, pot calling the kettle black. You know, I used to be so superstitious that you know I would do the dumbest things, thinking that somehow that might help us get a hit or help us win a game. Uh, sorry, so, I'm seeing you walk from the first base dugout on the way to coach third base, waving a, a roll of duct tape at the parents while you're walking by, <laughs> giving them that look. Right? Like, uh, yeah, I'm sure that would sure that would be popular. <laughs> So what 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 do you what do you have in your coaching bag? I have duct tape. <laughs> well, for the parents, of yeah. course. I have yeah. duct tape and I have a scorebook, right? And we don't need anything else. So, <laughs> but anyhow, so what's the flip side of it? Where do we want to really be spending our time? Is on uh, practice, right? And so here's some things I understand that for all of us, depending upon where we're coaching and how much time we have with the kids, there's a specific amount of time, a certain amount of time that every coach has to spend working on all the things they need to work on in practice. I think if you're going to give kids hitting cues on game day, if you're going to give them reminders and things like that on game day, you better be coaching them on hitting every time you can. And I think last week you you'd mentioned that needs to be something we did in practice and uh, that's without saying it's yeah. it's got to be yeah. So if you're only having one, yeah, if you're only having one practice a week in that practice, you need to be devoting some time to working with your players on hitting, and you need to make sure that they're hearing your message and hearing the things that you think are important and the key things that you want them to focus on in that setting yeah. so that they have an idea of what it is that you're talking about on game day. If you are one of those coaches that says, well, she goes to a hitting instructor, I don't mess with her hitting, then shut up on game day. Right. I mean, there's no nice way to say it. If you're not involved in coaching her on what you want her to do, 
you can't be part of the solution if things aren't going on the, well on the fly. So, yeah. uh, so we have to, you know, kind of understand that our our role is to use practice time, or even lesson time. If you're if you're a, an instructor, you know, in in our situation, we're not you know, working with the kids at practice, but we are working with them in the cages uh, yeah. during lessons. Um, but it's uh, that's the time where I think real learning is going to take place. So the the proverb we talked about before: if I hear it, I forget. So all those things that I'm telling a player to do are going to be forgotten. No matter how good I am at explaining it, no matter how eloquent I am, no matter how good my speech is, no matter how good my description is, if all they're getting from me is an explanation of what they're supposed to do, that's useless. So I know, uh, I know so many times kids do forget. I mean, even from the beginning of a lesson to the end. And to your point, unless you ask them to show you Hey, show me and, and now tell me. Right. Then they're able so, to, to give a better description. Yeah, and, yeah. and I think you know you've mentioned that you know several times in, in other podcasts and you know just kind of touched on it there. So rather than me explaining to you what I want you to do, I'm going to ask you to Share explain to me what it is I want you to do. Right. You know, br- give back to me what what I'm teaching you. You know, give me. Um, the your version of what it is that I'm saying. What, what did you hear? Yeah. yeah, and 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 it can start off with something just as simple as that. It's like, so tell me what's the most important thing. Tell, sure. tell me what's the first thing you're going to do. Tell me the the one thing that you absolutely have to 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 focus on to be successful. However you want to phrase that question, but I think that's a great place to start. Where should I be in the batter's box? Yeah, yeah. And so that uh, um, so that you have to process it and and return it as as a thought out and uh, um, uh, understood concept. So if I hear it, I forget it. If I see it, I remember it. Okay. So if I see it, I remember it. That would hopefully mean for me as an instructor or uh, somebody putting something together in practice that either I can uh, demonstrate it or somebody else can demonstrate it successfully and correctly so that they can see it being done well. Yeah. Um, and so one of the things that, uh, you know, even though it's been a long time since I've hit a ball in anger, you know, I can still, you know, demonstrate the things that I'm asking them to do. Get after it. Yeah. And um, I, I don't think I can probably hit a ball out of the infield anymore, but I know what my body should look like when I make contact. I know where the bat should be. I know where my hands should be. I know where my feet should be. I know what my body should be doing. So if I see it, I remember it. Well, the most important thing is if I do it, I learn it. Right, and that's what practice is for. That's what lessons are for. That's when we talk about you know getting in your reps, getting in your repetitions, doing the work, getting in your swings. However you want to say it, where players really are learning how to hit is in that part of the equation. When they get to do it, they are not really learning it any other way. Sure. And if we want them to learn how to hit and to be able to help themselves and make corrections and do those kinds of things, we've got to be setting them up for that success by what we're doing in practice and what we're doing in lessons. No, I think that's really good advice for sure, Tori. But it's good. challenging because here's how we were coached. At least I know I was coached coming up. I was explained a lot, almost never demonstrated, and practiced a little. Right. So I was... A, so, didn't, didn't I tell you to? <laughs> right. Right. And, 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 and my coach was world famous for, and for a long time, I was probably world famous for, well, we just worked on this. I can't believe you're not doing this better. 
We did it twice. Yeah, I, I, I explained this to you at practice. Why aren't? Why are you screwing it we, up today? We covered this. Yeah, we covered this at practice. Why are you screwing it up today? Well, how much you need to practice something, how many repetitions you need to actually make it a habit to be something that you've learned and that you can reproduce is open for debate, it but varies, it's not five. From player to player. It's yeah. not 10. It's probably at least hundreds, and in some cases, probably thousands. Right. So... If we want a player to learn how to hit, we have to set up in practice situations for them to get the repetition, to get the work in, so that they can... Chip away at that number. Right, and, yeah. and take that number and turn it into the habits, the good habits that we want them to have to have them be successful. And so when we're thinking about uh, our practice schedule, if I only get one practice a week, and I only have you know three hours, two hours, four hours, whatever the amount of time is that I have set aside, if that means I want to have some useful, productive hitting time where they're going to get a chance to you know get the number of repetitions where they might actually learn something, we've got to be smart in how we set things up. Efficient. We've got to be efficient in how we do things. We probably, let's say if we've got 12 kids on our team and you know we've got a four-hour practice block, let's say we'll dedicate one hour to hitting. In that one hour, we probably need to set up six or eight or ten stations and rotate them through so that besides you know maybe getting some cuts live on the field or a, you know a front toss on the field that they're doing T work, they're doing toss work, they're doing you know mirror swings, they're doing whatever it is through that progression, through that rotation of drills, that circuit that's going to allow them to get the number of swings that they need to actually make a difference. Absolutely. If I've got practice every day, if I'm a school ball coach or a college ball coach, well then you know I still want to be as efficient as I possibly can, but we've got to be logical about how we're approaching it. If my idea of batting practice is you get 12 swings on the field and then you shag balls. Well, everybody else is watching, right? Yeah, the only thing I can hope for is that all the other hitters are really good hitters, so at least I can see somebody doing it right. Yeah. So I, I might remember what it looks like because I get to see somebody else doing it right, but I'm not getting enough repetition of my own to really learn how to do it. Absolutely. No, I think that being efficient, Tori, is, is critical in, in chipping away at that number, especially for our travel ball people, right. which is uh, you know a lot of, of who we're talking to. Um, you know, Having those stations off to the side before... We go on the field for that that open field look, right? Um, you know, so they are getting a lot of cuts to warm up for those, you know, fifteen twenty cuts, whatever right. it ends up being. And I understand yeah. everybody likes hitting on the field, yeah, because you like seeing where the ball goes, you like seeing if it's in the gap. Certainly, you love hitting some home runs, catch a couple on the fence. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I understand why that's a useful. It can be a useful part of uh, your not, hitting that's work. That's not the meat. That's but the, if that's the if dessert. It's, yeah, if it's one kid hits and 11 people watch, or one kid hits, one person waits, and 10 people shag, I think we're missing the boat. Right. No, I, that's the dessert right. out there. So so we have to be thinking about how am I going to get the numbers up? How am I going to get the reps up enough in what I'm designing at practice to make sure that the players are doing it so they can learn it? The second thing that's important for us is as we set that up, I think it's important that we give our kids enough room that if they make a mistake, if they take a swing that doesn't feel good, that they spend some time processing it for themselves. I think it's okay that we give them hints. I think it's great that we give them suggestions. But again, I think it's way more important for them to have enough space and enough time 
to, if they take a swing that's jacked up, that they can spend a little bit of time pondering on it and try to fix it themselves. My, my thing there, Tori, is I'll ask them, you know, what did you feel? And like you said, let them give you that feedback. It's like, oh, I dropped my backside or I didn't use my top hand or I pulled my eyes, whatever it might right. be. Yeah. And, and whether they're right or wrong is really not as important as the fact is that they're thinking about it. You know, so I, I tell kids all the time, one of my primary goals is I want them to be aware enough that they can coach themselves. I was going to say, they're on their own taking swings all the time, right. and that's what we want to teach. Is... And, and that they're paying attention enough that they can help themselves if something doesn't feel right. And one of the things that's most shocking to me, and, and one of the things that I noticed right away when I first you know, really started giving lessons, was how many kids will go through a whole weekend of basically sucking with no idea of anything. What to kind, try what kind of adjustments did you make yeah what and and, and you know they'll, they'll come back with yeah I, I was terrible all weekend long well what did you try well i don't know or every, uh, uh I, I i'm not sure you know or, or sometimes it's, I, I popped everything up i thought like, well why didn't you you know fire on the top half of the ball or make an adjustment well i don't know i just kept trying right and i think part of why that happens is because we're so busy coaching them that we don't give them enough time to uh, to process it themselves. Again. Yeah. If if I take five swings in a row and I hit five pop-ups, in my mind, I should be processing the fact that I'm hitting the bottom of the ball. At least miss on top once, right? right. And, and, and so if I'm the hitter I'm hoping to create, I start thinking about, okay, even off the first swing, if I take one swing and it's a pop-up, all right, I hit the bottom of the ball, why? Try something. Oh, yeah. dang, I hit the bottom of the ball again. Well, okay, solution number one wasn't the right one. Let's try this. Yeah. So, and the, and the th reason why that's so important is then your players will be able to make adjustments for themselves, but they'll also be able to make connections. And what I mean by connections are the, the, in hitting, the challenge changes from pitch to pitch. You know, if she's, you know, she throws a low one, then a high one, then an inside one, then an outside one. On those four different pitches, I've been presented with four different challenges. Sure. And if I'm not able to make a connection from one pitch to the next, if I, if I can only solve one problem at a time, I'm going to always be behind as a hitter because they're not going to keep throwing me the same pitch over and over and over again. At a competitive level, it's going to, that's the next right. level well, and, of change. And, and even at, yeah. at, at 10 and under, where the pitcher has no idea whether it's going to be over the plate or not, she's still not going to throw the same pitch two times in a row just because she can't do it. Sure, <laughs> but there, there's a checklist you'll go through. Do I, um, is my posture good? Right. Is my timing good? Yeah. Did my eyes stay? Did, yeah. you know. But, and I think that that's because we know the pitchers are going to keep throwing us different challenges, having that checklist, having ideas of things that I can adjust on my own, I think is crucial. And that's something else that I think kids learn in practice. And familiarity with the feel. Right. Did it feel right. Yeah. yeah. And so that's why when we talk about setting up like a circuit or whatever at practice, well, I, I don't have enough coaches. You know, we can't watch them at every station. So that and and yeah. and my response would be, I would set up that circuit, and I might not coach them at all. Give them just let them, you know, let them go through. Cuts. And so, let's say at each, you know, let's say you've got ten stations set up. They're going to be at each station for for four minutes. So each player, you know, if they've got a partner, they're going to get two minutes worth of swings. I might not give them any feedback for that two whole minutes and see what they do. And that's going to be hundreds of swings there. Yep. And give yep. them that chance to look at, you know, what felt right, what, what didn't feel right. I might ask them a question about, well, how did that feel? Instead of me saying, you're dropping your hands. I might give them, a, a, you know, a, an opportunity to process it and give me an answer to a question without ever giving them a hint. 
Now, it's a lot easier if I say, Don, you're dropping your hands. Sure. Or it's a lot easier if I say, Don, you're you know, pulling your front shoulder, whatever it is that I perceive to be the problem. But if you don't feel it and can't make that connection on your own. Decode it. Yeah. You know, there, there's, there's, no, uh, there's no benefit. You know, the one thing I ask you know, uh, players when I work with them, I said, so who's the only person who's going to be there every time you hit? Absolutely. And I'll get, well, my mom's at almost all my games. <laughs> I said, so almost. Well, yeah. I said, and, so there's and somebody my, else. My, my dad's at most of my games. Okay, so most. So who's the only person who's there every time? They get it. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, they'll think about it for saying, oh, well, I'm there. And I'm like, right. So you have to be the one that can help resolve some of these situations. So, um, so again, practice is where this has got to happen. And coaches, that's our challenge. Stop giving hints as much as you give them space. Now it's okay to give some hints, but think about it in a way that's going to be more productive. Instead of me telling you how to do it, ask you the questions that are telling me that you're learning how to do it. Sure. Yeah. You know, and we talked last week about that idea of I can, I can give you a fish and feed you for a day, or I can teach you to fish and, and feed you for a lifetime. For a lifetime, yeah. So if we want our hitters to be great, we want to teach them to fish. Right. We want to teach them how to hit, but we want them to process the pieces of that and, and the, the, have the knowledge so that they can then take it to another level. Because that's on the fly from one pitch to the next, like you said. Right. If you can make a connection between a good swing or a bad swing, we can right. make those corrections more quickly, for sure. And, yeah. and if, we get, if we can get hitters to that point where they feel that they're taking good swings over and over again, then the variables get limited. Right. So if we can limit the things that they have to be thinking about so that they can count on taking that same swing, then that's going to make life a whole lot easier. And again, where is that going to happen? It's not going to happen walking up to home plate Reps. when, yeah, yeah, it's not going to happen in the bottom of the seventh <laughs> inning when, you know, your daughter's walking up there and you remind her to, you know, to keep her head down, you know, and even if she gets the game winning hit, she didn't do it because you reminded her to keep her head down. She probably got the game winning hit because that week she took 500 swings in the garage by herself, keeping her head down. No, that's a whole phenomenon of its own, right? Yep. And, but the, the moral to the story and the reason we wanted to have, you know, this part two of this discussion, you know, last week we got into it pretty good about how teaching hitting on the fly and expecting hitters to make adjustments <laughs> on game day is a trap that we all fall into. Yeah. And, and even to the point where I think sometimes people think you're a better coach if you say a lot more on game day. You're, you're, you're yeah, you're getting your worth in. Yeah. Like yeah. So, somehow I'm proving my worth as a coach because I've got all this information that I'm just going to keep throwing it at you. Well, if I throw information at you that you can't use, it doesn't make me a good coach. It just makes me knowledgeable. Right. So, and there's a big difference, obviously, between me having knowledge in my head or me being able to give you knowledge that you can use. Trans transform it in. Yeah. Right. So practice coaches, that's where we need to work on it. Lessons, that's where we need to work on it. To kind of sum it up, a lot of reps. They need the reps. It's okay if they make a mistake. Let them sort it out. If they take a jacked up swing before you all race to tell her what she did wrong, let her take two or three more swings and see if she can't figure something out on her own. Sure. And then I think you're going to be really happy at the end of the day. Now you're going to feel in some ways a little bit let down because we all like the feeling when we're coaching of, oh man, look at, look at what a great coach I am. You know, I fixed Don today. Sure. But the reality of it is if uh, you're going to be fixed, if you're going to be successful, it's not going to be because of the, the gems of knowledge that I throw at you. So <laughs> coaches, it's always important to keep in mind if I, hear it, I forget it. If I see it, I remember it. If I do it, I learn it. 
And I would love to, Tori, uh, to throw in on, on those stations as we were letting them, them uh, you know, feel things on their own. I like to encourage them to work on one piece of their swing. Just work on, uh, you know, having your toes turned in for five swings. Then move on to a leg drive. Make sure you get that back leg engaged. Then move on to whether my bat angle is proper or how close or proximal to my, my cheek or ear or, or my hands. Um, and keep working through a whole uh, uh, laundry list of little pieces. And the big piece will be there right. in the end. So. Yeah, and that, that comes from the repetition and, and again, yeah. allowing them to have enough space to actually process the information. Yeah. So um, so hopefully that helps. Um, you know, we want your kids to all be successful. You know, the kids that Coach Don and I work with in our lessons, you know, we want to have them come back and talk about how amazing they did and how great the, the weekend was and how many hits they had. You know, it's always encouraging when that happens. Um, but uh, one of the things I keep reminding players of, you know, I just had a a player who had a really successful state tournament and, and dad was like, well, it's all because of what you've done with her. I was like, well, no. it's all because of what she's done with what we've done together. It's all because of the fact that she is that kid that goes home they and do hits the in work. the garage. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, she takes that uh, responsibility that when I ask her a question, you know, she's really thinking about how to answer it to, to learn something from it instead of just, you know, trying to you know, go through the motions. And so, um, and that's where the fun is. You know, it's it's great to have them be successful, um, and and uh, uh, to know that uh, you know, the the things that you're doing are helping that happen. But it happens because of the work they do, and the, you know so much of that work. You know, I just uh, wrote a blog the other day about uh, the iceberg analogy. You know how only ten percent of the icebergs bergs above the water. The water. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what hitting is. The 10% that you see on game day, if it's going to be successful, is because of the 90% that's getting done how, when nobody's watching. How many swings did we take in practice for that one in a game? Yeah, and, right? and how hard are you working when nobody's there to see it? And right. if, if we can instill in our players, work ethic is part of it, but giving them the confidence and the ability to coach themselves, to help themselves, and to really learn, I think we're going to all be a whole lot happier. Absolutely. I love it. All right, so that wraps up coach prep number seven. It's going to be released on november 8th um, we're looking for more ideas things that you would like for us to continue to explore on uh, coach prep we're also looking for sponsors for coach prep so if you're interested in uh, getting involved with the program we'd love to hear from you and also if you have ideas suggestions or ideas things that would be good topics uh, coach donna really and i are really enjoying uh, the deep dive into some of this stuff it's uh uh, really been beneficial for us and making us think about some things a little bit differently too. So if you have any uh, questions or suggestions, please re- uh, contact us at everythingfastpitch at gmail.com or fastpitchprep at gmail.com. So for Coach Don, this is Coach Tori in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio wrapping up Coach Prep number seven. We'll talk to you again next week.